I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass. And I'm all out of bubblegum. Hello and welcome to the When Wrestlers At Podcast. I'm John Cronshaw and I'm here again with Colin Cox. Today we're going to be reviewing, I think it's probably our most requested film. They Live. Fairy. They Live. <laughs> Starring the legendary Rowdy Roddy Piper. We were going to save this for something like a special episode 100 or something like that. But they decided to show it as part of the Leeds International Film Festival as a, um, what is it, like a part of a John Carpenter retrospective. Yep. So we couldn't resist. We couldn't resist. So we why, went why to would see, you? So we went to see it on the big screen, and it was great. So Yeah. There we go. <laughs> Good um, night. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, so, I mean, this is, this is a bit of a um, when wrestlers act after dark. Uh, don't worry, it's not going to get that blue. Um, <clears throat> I mean, we're both in the nude and um, soft Oiled lighting. Up. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I mean, it's one o'clock in the morning now, so if it turns out that we fall asleep, we apologise. And we're drinking wine from a box. Yeah. Roddy Piper, he plays a guy called John Nader. Yeah. To be honest, I didn't even catch anyone's name. Right. <laughs> Apart from Holly with the eyes. Yeah, yeah, with the strange cat-like, snake-like eyes. Her eyes are terrifying. Yeah. So he, he's basically, what, a drifter, would you call him? He, he seems to have been made yeah. unemployed, wandering he, around with a big backpack. He's a drifter who's not lost hope. Yeah, he, he still believes in the American dream. Mm. Wearing very tight jeans, <laughs> reminiscent of um, David Bowie in Labyrinth. It was not that tight. It, there were there points. Was no, there was no ferret down there. there. There was Colin. There was. It wasn't. It wasn't as big as uh, David Bowie's <laughs> ferret. It was more like a little shrew. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's steroids for you. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, he, he's so he's basically wandering around. He's yeah. I think is it set in Los Angeles? I think is that... you never find out, but it appears to. Yeah. Be. I mean, it's palm trees and palm trees and it's hill, a film hilltop things, and it's yeah. a film. Yeah. So yeah, like most films. Yeah. Set either in Los Angeles or New York. And he or, wasn't New or York. Or Chicago or Vegas, and that's it. Yeah. Yeah. So he, he tries <clears> to get a job on a construction site. He's kind of. Um, Goes up to the foreman and um, he goes, oh, is there any work going? I've got the tools, you know, I can just start right away. And he says, oh, it's unionised, it's a closed shop, sorry. And um, this guy called Frank befriends him, Frank Armitage. He does get a job there, though, because by um, doing the very clever thing of asking to speak to the shop steward. Yeah. yeah. So I'm going to... I'm in... Currently unemployed civil servant. I'm going to go to some random government <laughs> department and find the um, the PCS union rep and... Just go, give me a job. Yeah, yeah. 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 Well, well um, I can't do that, actually. I dropped out the union. Oh, oh. they're there in lies your problem. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, so he befriends this Frank guy who um, basically shows him around these slums, shantytown, I suppose you'd call it. Yeah. And... Um, it's essentially a soup kitchen. He's like, yeah, yeah, you can get fed and stay here and... Do a few jobs. Yeah, and, um, you know, there's a lot of people who, who, who've fallen, you know, fallen below the poverty line, basically. Mm. Um, and this Frank kind of tells a bit of his backstory. He He's from Detroit. Yeah. And moved to L.A., to seemingly get away from his family. <laughs> <laughs> He's got a wife and a son. And it's a long way to go, Detroit to LA. It's what, completely the other side of the continent? We're, we're talking maybe 3,000 miles there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. This, this would be like us, I don't know, <clears> going, going, to the, um, going to Hungary to get a job or something. Or is it further? It's probably further than that, isn't it? Oh, Hungary's about the, less than 1,500 miles away. Right. So somewhere, somewhere in Russia. Russia. Yeah. So imagine we need work. Where do we go? Let's go and go to Russia. It's kind of the same well. Let's thing. go to America. Yeah. So there we go. Let's go to Los Angeles. <laughs> <laughs> work on a building site. Yeah. Um, the dream. So when this Nader guy is wandering round, he sees this blind preacher who's telling people to wake up, and he's he's basically giving away the whole storyline. He's just saying, mm-hmm. you know, there's. 
people are controlling us, you can form in. And there's people looking on going... Oh, but this blind creature's clearly just a nut job. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No one's going to listen to him. He should be sympathised with, but largely ignored. Yeah, yeah. So he's he's basically just a bit of a mental who's preaching and... And then there's a a bit of a weird thing. So this, this is going on and Piper discovers this church and it's basically a front... Yeah. To what? What, Colin? What is it? Uh, some sinister goings-on. It looks like they're making drugs. It something. does. Yeah. It does. And um, me being the only person in this film who... The only person in the world who's never actually seen this film before today. <laughs> um, you know, it gets me thinking, are these the baddies already? Mm. Because I know nothing about it. And has he stumbled on the baddies? Yeah. And their, the- their plot to... I don't know, get in your head or something. Yeah, yeah. So, so there's this. Basically, the church is a bit is a bit weird. It's an empty church. There's some people in a, in a beyond a false wall having a meeting. There's music being piped yeah. in. There's like yeah, it's like a, a fake full, choir, false choir, isn't it? Yeah. Um. So he he's kind of sneaking around basically, mm. and he, he comes across this um, box in the wall, and then the blind preacher catches him yep and starts talking at him yeah and goes oh you'll find out the truth and um Nader being a bit um concerned and a little bit scared and a bit embarrassed that he's just been caught as well mm. um makes a hasty retreat yeah uh yeah so what happens is he gets a pair of binoculars um off someone in the camp and just starts constant round the clock surveillance of this church sees people coming out but what's been going on in the church is there's um interference with the tv we need to mention that as well mm. <clears throat> because um they're trying to spread their message of truth and everything um by interfering with whatever channel is on they've got a so satellite ba- link up in there basically doing a uh a mick fleetwood yeah <laughs> from the running man there's a, there's a lot of parallels with the running man in this film i thought yeah you know? unfortunately the one of the downsides of this film is it didn't have Mick Fleetwood in it. <laughs> um, yeah, so <clears throat> so he's watching this church for a bit, and then it gets. I don't know. It's a bit weird. It's like the it's like the shanty town, and they decide to just destroy it. The police yeah. and so they come in and they make it look like a riot. I think so. They throw a few petrol bombs around, sending riot police. And yeah, bulldoze things, and this church is kind of just. Yeah, I think the church is left there, isn't it? Boarded up and... Yeah. And then... Uh... They're, they're looking for specific people. I mean, they've managed to capture the priest and... Yeah, they beat the shit out of him. Beat the shit out of him and you presume that they've beaten him to death because you never see him again. Yeah, what happened to him? I presume they beat him to death. Yeah. Um... Uh, but they captured this um, guy called Frank... As, not Frank... And they beat him up anyway. This other guy who um, who was one of the people at the camp who was um, and gave him a good hiding mm. along with the priest. Um, but it turns up later on as part of this resistance movement. But we'll get to that. Yeah, yeah. So the church is empty. Roddy goes in. Go, he grabs the box and kind of runs out with it. Yeah, it looks like they've given the church a good going over and cleared everything out, but they don't find this false wall. Yeah, and um, Roddy's digging through this box. I think he's expecting to find some, you know, drugs or something he could something. sell. And it's no, just I a box it, of sunglasses. I don't know if he's looking for something to sell. I think he's just looking for answers at this point. His yeah. curiosity has been piqued. Right, right. So he's tr- Yeah, so he's trying to figure out what's been going on. And, um, yeah, it's just a box full of um, bad 1980s sunglasses. Yeah. So um, he takes a pair and, um, you know, puts them on and just gets a bit dizzy, but starts walking around with them and... Goes black and white. It goes black and white. And so he starts looking around, seeing things through a different light, like seeing slogans everywhere rather than um, billboards advertising computers or holidays mm. or things like that. Subliminal messages. Subliminal messages. Yeah. With words like obey and consume. And submit and yeah. other t-shirt slogans. Reproduce. Reproduce. Conform. 
What was it? Ma- marry, marry and... Marry and reproduce. That's it, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. So it's it's like, yeah, beaming these kind of um, totalitarian messages. Yeah. It's a bit like a, a more subtle version of 1984. So very... That's the kind of level of... Uh, <laughs> sophistication we were eighty-four is about as subtle as a Muse concert. <laughs> so it ends up that the it's it's very very uh, satirical. It ends mm. up that those in power are um, kind of humanoid-ish aliens with basically weird skull heads. They look a bit like ghouls from Fallout. Yeah, yeah, they do. Yeah, so they. Um, yeah, In fact, I remember looking at the credits at the end that that's how some of them are cast. Ghoul. Really? Yeah. Yeah. So... So as soon as I saw that, it made perfect sense. Yeah, so um, Roddy's kind of wandering around and um, he... What is it? He kind of confronts this woman in a supermarket. Well, he has a good read of a news... Um, a magazine and seeing everything in slogans and words and what's really there rather than... Yeah. Um, Rather than what's really there, yeah, that's all gonna get terribly confused. <laughs> and he, he, yeah, so he, he, what is it? He, he starts um, harassing a woman who's yeah. one of these ghoul things. I think we'll just say ghoul because it'll be easier. Yeah, and uh, or alien, whatever. Nothing ghoul. Ghoul. Okay. Um, and it, well, I can't remember the line he says. He says that basically she looks a bit like a, a pig, and mm. yeah, he's a bit mean to her, and. Um, then he goes into a bank. Oh, but this woman, actually, she's the one who cottons on that, oh, he can see me. Oh, yeah, and she speaks into a magic wristwatch thing yeah. and says, oh, we've got, we've got to see her. Yeah, so that's, mm. that's obviously a thing. Yeah, and uh, then a couple of police people catch up with him and um, basically they're going to cart him off and probably kill him. Yeah. Um, they say that they want to take him and talk and work some have, have a quiet word. Let's find somewhere quiet to have a word. Mm, but you just know that they probably want to find a quiet place to do him in. Yeah. So, so it close lines one and shoots the other and then shoots the other. Yeah, and, and nicks their guns. Nicks their guns and he becomes a one-man army. Yeah, so he goes, he basically... <laughs> have you ever seen the film, um, oh, what's it called, Falling Down? Yeah. It reminded me of that where... Has that just... got a wrestler in it? No, oh. no. Wish it had. Yeah. It's a great film. S- similar similar kind of tone, actually, that mm. film. But, um, yeah, so he, he goes on basically a shooting spree. And, <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, it's, it's a bit weird because it's like he's, he's assuming that um, basically these these aliens, it's okay to kill them because they're, they're different. <laughs> yeah. He just shoots. He just starts shooting yeah. the shit out of them. Yeah, no reason really, you know. But what um, great iconic line have we skipped over? Well, he's he, yeah. I mean, this is the thing. He walks into a bank, and he says, "For no reason." Yeah, go on then. I have come here to chew gum, chew bubble gum, chew bubble gum, and kick ass. And I'm all out of bubble gum. Hold on, I was leaving the pause. Mm. And I'm all out of bubble gum. Ah. And then he starts just shooting the shit out of these ghouls. <laughs> uh, he's, you know, he is good in his shooting. He lets all the humans go. Yeah. So at this point, he's, he's basically a fugitive now. And it, it's a bit like, you know, when you're playing GTA and then suddenly yeah. you've hit that point. When they start sending tanks after Yeah, yeah. and like literally the all the police in the entire world come after you. So... That happens to Roddy. It's, and it's then a, you go get a paint job and you're all right. Yeah, it's a, it's a, it's a bit like um, the Blues Brothers. Where <laughs> <laughs> they've got literally all the police in America after them. Um, Has oh, that got a wrestler in it? Don't think so. Oh. Don't think so. Was James Brown ever a wrestler? Yes. Yes, he was. <laughs> we shall find out. I bet, I bet there probably was a wrestler in that. There's such a massive cast. Mm. So, yeah. Any excuse to watch that. Yeah, yeah. It, it, yeah. Set in Chicago, do that's where CM Punk's from. There we go. This is where he meets um, Scary Eyeglass. Oh, Holly Thompson. Holly Thompson. Wow, yeah. we remember the character's name. Yeah, yeah. Or is it just on your notes, sir? No, no. No. All in my memory, this. Okay. I made no notes. I was in a cinema and it was dark. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, so, what is it? The Basically, this Holly. No. Roddy takes this woman hostage yeah. and tells her to drive 
So she drives. Yeah, and he kind of lies low in his car, pointing a gun at this woman. He seems very calm about it and just mm. like, well, you know, whatever, you can do what you want to me. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe she's just lonely. Yeah, yeah. And he goes, are you, are you married? She goes, yes, I'm married. And he goes, don't lie to me. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, why did you ask? Yeah. So she basically goes back to her house with Roddy Piper and he sits around and he, he gets a headache and yeah. he's getting all funny and going, oh, it's all a bit weird. But then he's trying to get her to look at the sun, look through the sunglasses. Yeah. Which uh, she's just refusing to do. She says, look, I'll look through these sunglasses, I'm going to see whatever you want me to see. Yeah. So on that basis, he just thinks bollocks to it and don't, doesn't persist. Yeah. And then she shoves, shoves in through a window... Yeah. And uh, calls the police. <laughs> it's like, and he, I, like, how did he survive? He must have fell about like what five stories, something like that. I think he might have bounced a little bit. He's probably had enough concussions in his life. Yeah. Oh, mind you, he never really Roddy Piper. He never really had concussions, did he? he just was too busy um, putting himself over. Mm. So the, this is a point, and uh, to be honest, this is where I think the story let itself down a bit with the dramatic elements of it. This mm. this is where he loses the sunglasses. Yeah. And um he has to he has to But he loses them in her apartment. Yeah. So he's a fugitive, he's on the run, all the police are after him, he can't see who the bad guys are anymore. Um and he goes back to the bin where the he'd stashed the sunglasses earlier on. And it was gone. Shit. See, that, that to me, is a really good kind of um, dramatic thing of like, oh, my God, what's he going to do? Now he can't do this and he needs to find a new way. Yeah. Um, it's a good good plot device. Yeah. And then he looks over and there's, a, there's a, basically a rubbish truck and yeah. it's, it's in the back. So, <laughs> so he just climbs yeah, in that. Yeah, climbs in and gets them. And then gets tipped out by the rubbish truck because the two geezers are having an argument yeah, so that were that was crap. I yeah, th- I think in terms of like the plotting and storytelling, of this film is is great, but that is the weakest. He manages of the film. to retrieve one pair of sunglasses, and then all hell breaks loose because um, Frank comes along and gives him his paycheck. Oh. <laughs> I'd, I'd like you to describe this, John, because um, you described it to me beforehand. As the best fight scene in any film, and I have to say it's up there. It's amazing. I can think of few as good. No, but like, okay, the ones the, if if you're gonna name fight scenes in films yeah. that are better than this one, it's got to be a film that isn't about fighting. Okay, that's so fair. it can't it can't be like End of the Dragon or something like that. Or right, that's know, fair. Go on, go for it. I'm struggling. <laughs> this is by. I mean, this this was a thing. Like, I, I mean, I watched this film last fifteen years ago, and I just remember this being the best fight scene ever. Mm. I just thought it was brilliant. And well, the great thing about this fight scene is it doesn't seem to end <laughs> until finally it does end. There's, it, um, you know, it starts off a bit of a fist fight. One goes down, gets back up, fist fight, goes down. Then it just starts getting a bit dirty. Yeah, yeah. And they're like biting at each other <laughs> and whacking each other. Oh, it's great. And then there's one point when Frank's on top of, um, on top of, what's he called? Frank, uh, Pol- Roddy Piper. Yeah, he's on top of him, John. Yeah. Is yeah. it John? Uh, Nader. John Nader, I think. Yeah. Yeah, John. So John at one point where he's just on top of him and he's repeatedly kneeing him on his crotch. <laughs> repeatedly. <laughs> Must do it about four or five times. Unfortunately, Rowdy Roddy Piper was a um, steroid fueled wrestler, so he didn't have anything there for him to repeatedly knee. Mm. But he gets very winded by this. And what's going right through him. Yeah, I, lo- I, lo- I love the fact that this whole fight is around... You've got to wear these sunglasses. I don't I, want to get involved. I don't, I don't want, want to wear, wear these. your sunglasses. Yeah. <laughs> it's great. In fact, it's just 
such a petty. Yeah. <laughs> and it's, it, in fact, I, you know, I've mentioned the Blues Brothers already, but like, it, it's got that kind of overboard going too far, but then yeah. becoming great. And it's a bit like the when all the police cars are just kind of crashing into piles and it just keeps going and going and going <laughs> yeah. and going. But at that point, just after he's been, um, he's been repeatedly kneed to the crotch, becomes the first of several wrestling moves. <laughs> he takes him down with a drop toe hold. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then starts pounding on him. And then a back suplex. Yeah, yeah. And then a gut wrench suplex. <laughs> <laughs> it's great. It's great. And then he, um, they start taking, it gets even dirtier. He picks up a plank to hit him with. <laughs> and smacking the car. Yeah. And apologising for it. Yeah. But then the fight carries on. Yeah. And it keeps going and going and going. It must... It, that scene must have been about ten minutes long at least. <laughs> and then John um, believes that he's won, walks off, and then it's still going. <laughs> yeah. Eventually... Um, John wins the fight and forces the sunglasses on his face, stands him up and makes him look round. And it got me thinking that the scene after that, they were both in a lot of pain. Mm. And I think Frank was probably feeling a bit stupid because he was clearly aching Mm. and thinking, all right, had I just listened to you, I wouldn't be in this much pain. You wouldn't be in this much pain. We'd both be happier. Yeah. And so, so, so they both go and get a hotel room together. <laughs> and then, um, as the door closes, um, Roddy turns around and says, "Ain't love great?" <laughs> oh, but what was that other line as well? Which one? Sweating like a pig on heat or something? Oh no, there's, there was one. There was one later on where he oh, says, yeah. "Life's a bitch, and this bitch is in heat." <laughs> yeah, I see. <laughs> yeah. No, there was there was a great line earlier on actually that we missed when. Um, Frank and um, Piper are talking, and he goes, "You know, I, I, Frank says I want to want to follow the, just follow. You know, I just want to get on with life. I don't want any any problems. I just want to follow the follow the middle of the road." I already say something like, oh, the middle of the road. That's the most dangerous place to be." Yes, and as a former driving instructor, <laughs> I have to agree with him. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, so they they end up in this hotel room together. And um, Frank, Frank's kind of realising that this shit's bad. This shit's mm. bad, man. Um, there's a activist called Gilbert. That's, that's the one who um, was getting beaten up with the priest earlier. Yeah, and uh, he invites them to a meeting. He realises that him and, you know, they're, they're wearing the sunglasses, same sunglasses, he knows. Yeah. So he gives them the address to this meeting, and um, there's a bike with a pump-action shotgun guarding it. <laughs> yeah, like you do. Yep. So they get given contact lenses at this thing. So they've, they're upgrading their, um, you know, not just sunglasses anymore. They've got contact lenses made. Which is good for a couple of reasons. They said that there's less interference with the contact lenses and it probably also means that they're less conspicuous. Yeah. I mean, what, what's quite useful here is we've got someone who's talking over the TV and telling us about what it is the aliens are doing. Mm-hmm. So that, that's, that's convenient. So it, it ends up that they are, what is it, the, the aliens want to control the Earth to deplete its natural resources and cause global warming to make it more like their own planet. And they, they said, oh, it's like their third world. They're treating it like our third world. Yeah, I mean... Um, commentary, it, social commentary, Colin. Satire. A lot of this Burn. seems... A lot of this... It's not very subtle, lot, is it? <laughs> no, it, but it does sound a lot like... I don't know if you've ever seen it, and if you've not, I highly recommend it. The... Um, Sci-fi drama, because I know you're a fan of sci-fi, um, V. Yeah. Have you ever watch it? Nope. You really should, because um, it's like this, but takes itself a little bit more seriously. Okay. And I really recommend it. And this didn't take itself seriously. Come on, Colin. <laughs> this was brilliant. That's a John Carpenter film that takes itself <laughs> seriously. 
Don't yeah. forget, um, we're off to see Big Trouble in Little China next week. Yeah, it's going to be awesome. I don't need rest- no wrestlers in it, but we'll watch it anyway. Yeah. So, the um, the guy who's talking on the TV, he says that there's the, the aliens are using basically subliminal signals to broadcast into people's brains and um, they, they basically camouflage themselves so people don't realise that the aliens are there. Yep. Um, these broadcasts apparently work even when the TVs are off. So that's interesting. Mm. Don't know how that works, but it works because there's a nice big plot hole. <laughs> and if you've got a plot hole, anything can work. So this this is where you you basically get in your MacGuffin. This is the <laughs> thing you've got to basically destroy destroy the source of the broadcast so everyone can see the aliens in their true form. Yeah, I mean, it's probably just like um, some sort of thing. You get rid of that and it'll get basically, rid of something. And it's basically the same goal as a running man. Yeah. You've got to destroy the broadcast. But in the running man, they're not ghouls. No. But are they? Ah, ah. Not in the way you're no, thinking. Ah, yeah, but are they? No. Okay. So, at this point... It, you know, there's these special alien wristwatches. Yep. Um, that are communicators and they can do teleports. Oh, you don't know about the teleports yet. No, you do because there was a point. Oh yeah, that's right. In the bank where yeah. one of the one of the guards just teleported away before he got shot. Yeah, that's right. So didn't mention that earlier, but that did happen. Um, but the guy says, oh, "I don't, I don't really know how it works." Mm. Oh, yeah, I can do. I can listen in on their radios, but I'm not sure how the teleport thing worked. Yeah. Um, and who should appear? Who's at the meeting? Who knows about the um, broadcast? Holly. Holly's there. What's she doing there? Well, you know, at this point, you're there to presume that she's picked up um, John's sunglasses. Yeah, that makes sense. She's that he dropped. It was um, a good thing that he did drop them. And they have a really tender moment, don't they? Yes. Soft music plays. I'm sorry I threw you out the window moment. Yeah. (laughs) Are you okay? Are you okay? Yeah. Uh, I thought you were dead. Yeah, so did I. (laughs) (laughs) And I don't know, everything about that reminded me of a um, a scene in Garth Marenghi's Dark Place. (laughs) Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, it it was bad. But luckily, at that point, that's when the explosion started. The alien police ran in. They shot everyone to bits. Um, but not just alien police, because you find out in this meeting that a lot of the police are just humans who have been recruited. Yeah, and the, <clears throat> you also find out that like a lot of the powerful elites who you think are probably going to be aliens are actually humans too. And they know the secret, but yeah. they're happy about it because they're all getting rich. Exactly. It's satire. Mm. Satire, man. So, yeah, so basically Frank and uh, Piper get chased down an alleyway. They're cornered. They're doing lots of shooting. Yeah, yeah. And and this is where Frank, he, he accidentally manages to activate the teleport thing on the watch. Yeah. And opens up like a secret, basically a secret manhole, wasn't it? Yeah. Um. He just throws, he basically throws a watch on the floor, and then he drops down into an watch underground. Watch a little bit. Yeah, just into a basically an underground corridor. Yeah, and <clears throat> um, yeah, they're basically there's some alien ease. That's the language, the official language. Alien ease writing on the wall, <laughs> but conveniently, the loudspeaker says that um, it's. Dual language. Yeah. I think it's probably because there's humans down there. Yeah, as well. there is, and, and it, they're, they're holding like a, um, a, a banquet. Basic, yeah, kind of um, a black tie dinner. Yeah, for the human collaborators. Yeah, it just so happens that that meeting is going on at this time. Very how very convenient. Good. It's good. Yes, it's fine. It just helps the story move along nicely. And they're, they're all happy because they think that they've destroyed all of the. Um, the resistance, resistance yeah. movement, and um, the yeah, so they're saying things like, "Oh, you, you know, you're 
your incomes have increased by 39% on average and your lives are getting better thanks to you helping us. Blah, blah, blah. Piper and Frank walk into this banquet in their scruffy clothes Mm. with guns tucked into their belts and everything. Quite visible. But I think it's assumed, oh, you're down here. You must be one of us. Yeah. So this, this bloke was homeless early on. He was he was a drifter. Yeah, was he the person who was in charge of the soup no, no, kitchen? No, he was. Oh yeah, yeah. He was he was he was at the soup kitchen. Was he the one who said, "If you've got tools and you know how to use them, then we can use you." Yeah, yeah. So and um, welcome them aboard with open arms. Yeah. So he he was basically yeah. So he sees Piper and this uh, Frank guy, and he's just like, "Oh yeah." He doesn't he doesn't <clears> go, "Oh, you're dressed odd." He's just like, oh, yeah. You should have dressed for the occasion. Yeah, he, he just says, you should have dressed for the occasion. Let me show you around and yeah. show you all the secrets and reveal the big plot. So Fair enough. That's convenient. That's a nice nice of him. So he basically, for us, the viewer. Yeah, yeah. So he basically takes him on a tour. And um, what is it? He looks at the TV studio where they're sending <laughs> out these things. And he goes to... Yeah, he, he, you're looking on the this black tie dinner and you learn all the secrets of that. And then you go to a spaceport with a great teleportation device. You can go to Andromeda. You can go to Andromeda, yeah. So that's good. Mm. So you've learnt all this stuff. And then um, you, they get to the TV studio with the news reporters. Yeah. And um, you find out, well, they want to try and get into the studio. Yeah. Um, so this guy, being a <laughs> schmoozer, Says to the guards, basically, go on, let us in, and giving them the tour. Yeah, yeah. The guards yeah. demand to see their passes. So, being an action film, <laughs> yes, we've got our passes here, and they both pull out their guns and blow them up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And this is, this is it. This is where, yeah, I suppose, the climax almost of the film. Well, at this point, the... Um, and they, they just go around shooting. Yeah, but the human guy um, who is showing them around, he's... He's not pleading for his life or anything. He's just saying, look, this is the case. You should be part of it. And, mm. you know. I yeah, just, it is that one. Yeah. yeah. I just want to be rich. I just want my chance to relax, that sort of thing. Mm. And, you know, it's not a bad thing to be rich. It's not the sort of aspirations that I have myself, but it's not a bad thing to be rich. And mm. at this point, it just goes to show that that is what, a lot of people seek in their life. Yeah. And that's the satire. Yeah. Yeah. Commentary, man. Commentary. Commentary. So they, they basically blast the way through the building. They're trying to get to the roof. They go to the lift. The lift's not working. They go, there must be another way up. So, well, that's what stairs are invented for. Well, exactly. So they um, get to the roof. Oh, they don't get to the roof yet. They encounter someone on oh. the way. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. They encounter a young lady with scary eyes called Holly. Yeah. And, um, you know, she's she's going along with them. But at this point, Piper goes on ahead. Mm. She shoots Frank in the head with a, with a gun. Did you see that coming? I did not see it coming. Whoa. That was a swerve. Whoa. And um, at that point, he's on the roof... Um, Frank, Holly, did you make it? Frank didn't make it. And then she's got a gun pointing at him. Oh, no. Oh, where's it going? I don't know. So the... What is it? So she reveals herself to be another one of these human collaborators. She takes aim at Piper and um, persuades him to stop... There's a, what is it, a, a helicopter hovering by. Yeah, threatening to, telling him to step away from the satellite dish yeah. or... He's going he's gonna to destroy the satellite dish. She mm. makes him drop his weapon. So he drops it. <gasps> but then he pulls out a little gun, shoots her in the head. Yeah! Shoots the end of the satellite dish so it all goes pop. And it explodes everywhere. And then he gets um, shot to a slow death by the um, by the helicopter... But as he's dying, he gives them the finger. Yeah! Defying. A bit like when Brock Lesnar gave The Undertaker the finger at SummerSlam. The last... While he was being choked out after his low blow. <laughs> the last act of defiance. <laughs> yeah. And then the, 
So in I'm not saying it's a Jesus kind of thing, but <laughs> he did sacrifice himself to save humanity. <laughs> <laughs> and then at this point, because the satellite dish blows up, a big green light comes out of it. Yeah. All the alien um, frequencies seems to have gone down and a few ghouls appear here and there. There's one sat in a bar um, looking awkward, drinking a beer, but not knowing that they they could... This ghoul isn't knowing that they can be seen by everyone. There's the two news readers who um, both can be seen by everyone on their TV and then finally there's the prostitute bouncing up and down with her boobies everywhere <laughs> um, having seen the sign that says reproduce <laughs> then she looks down and this guy who is a ghoul just turns around and says what's wrong and then the film ends what's wrong baby <laughs> what's wrong baby and then the film just ends there <laughs> brilliant <laughs> <sighs> So, that's They Live. That's finally done, John. Yeah, yeah. Finally. Yeah. What are people going to request now? I don't know. I'm glad they requested that one, though, because I've wanted to see that and never been bothered to download it. Did it live up to the hype? Yes, it did. It, it's, it is really good. It is. It's cheesy. Oh, it's, che- it's cheesy it's as hell. It's... Dory is... Um, it's one of those where you just think, all right, get over yourself. But then you watch it and you just think, you know, I can forgive you. Yeah. So, okay. When wrestlers act, Roddy Piper was the wrestler acting. And he acted. He's great. He He's... acted like some guy. Yeah. He was He was a very good action hero. I did notice in this film, he is in those days, because you don't see him close up in wrestling, mm. he's the absolute spitting image of Chris Jericho. <laughs> I don't know if that's just me, but he really looks like Chris Jericho. Yeah. But he his performance was absolutely fine. Yeah. You can tell he's not an actor, but he had a lot of fun doing this. Oh, yeah, yeah. And uh, as I say, just best fight scene ever. <laughs> and, um, yeah, I mean, for, for me, it's like this film... Uh, I don't know. You've got, you've got for, for me, a holy trinity of... Um, dystopian 1980s sci-fi. Yeah. You've got this, you've got Robocop, and you've got The Running Man. Yeah. And they're all kind of running on the same same theme, same commentary, the same kind of... Um, yeah, it's it's all that kind of... We, we rely so much on the economy, we rely so much on the banks, and when they go, we're fucked. Then, and this is, like, it's all done. That's basically the message in all these movies... It's like consumerism is evil. Television uh, is evil. Yeah, television's poisoning the minds. It's making people stupid. Yeah. Um, we're just turning into conformists. We're the victims of aliens. We're the victims of some kind of, um, you know, what, whatever it is, it's, it, it's the same kind of message coming across. And that geezer who, um, who used to say that Jimmy Savile was evil and that we're all... David Icke. David Icke, he had it right. That's the worrying thing. That's he was right about thing. Jimmy Savile. He was right about Jimmy Savile, and that's scary, because if he's right about that, then what if he's right about the Babylonian Brotherhood? Mm. You know. This was a film basically about the Babylonian Brotherhood. Is he still alive, David Icke? I think he is, yeah. Yeah, I wonder what he had to say when Savile... I read his blog. and quote went down. I read the blog the, <laughs> the day after he died, and he, he was just like... Let me think, the title, I can remember the headline. The headline was, um, what is it? The the death of a showman and a serial paedophile and so much more. There was something along those lines. And it was like, he was he was the first person to come out and just detail all the allegations, all of the stuff. Mm. His links to uh, Prince Philip and the royal family, his yeah. links to all these hospitals and everything. And... Well, did you ever see that episode of The Simpsons with Bruce, um, Patrick Bruce, McGowan? And... Bruce David Icke. I know, that's what I'm saying. <laughs> that episode of The Simpsons where, where, you know, basically it's the prisoner. Yeah. And um, Homer starts just making it up. And he's making up so much crap that some of it does turn out to be true yeah. and that's why he ends up in the village. Yeah. 
that might be David David Icke for yeah. you. Well, it's it's a thing of like the the conspiracy theory idea is, you know, ninety ninety nine percent of conspiracy theories are probably bollocks, but there's one percent that are true, and uh, because they're just seen so outlandish, they're just dismissed as conspiracy theories. I hope it's that Ant and Deck are the same person. Well, we knew that. Well, yeah, yeah. And um, that's not really conspiracy. There's, is there's it? a thing about Elvis killing JFK with the Loch Ness monster on the moon. Well, you know, Elvis was a trained shootist. Yeah. So could well have. Yeah. Anyway, we digress. We do. But yeah, they live. The Bristol stool chart is not coming out. No, no. no. I mean, if it, if it did come out, it's a good shit. It's <laughs> <laughs> some good shit. It's a good shit. Yeah. And it's one that's so good it doesn't register on the chart. No. I I enjoyed that film, and you've not watched it before. No, I watched it last fifteen years ago, and I was I was kind of a, a little bit worried going in that oh, this is going to be, you know, watching May Marion again. <laughs> you know what I mean, it's like you watch it, and you think, oh my god, this was terrible. Oh, um, I don't know. I mean, the, the pancake day episode of uh, May Marion. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, um, with um, with my wife earlier, I. Sat down and watched the trailer to oh, Daylight. I, th- I thought this was going to be when wrestlers act after dark. <laughs> we watched um, watched a trailer and um, got, waka waka yeah, she decided that she probably wants to watch it as well. So over the next couple of weeks, I'll watch it's, it again, and I'm just wondering. It's those jeans, Colin. It's those yes. jeans. <laughs> I'm just wondering how I'll feel if I do watch it again in a couple of weeks. Will I feel this strongly about it? I hope so. It was a great film. It was as subtle as Bohemian Rhapsody, <laughs> but at the same time, given the fact that that was probably... They got Rowdy Roddy Piper in there, and it's going to go to a lot of wrestling fans. They don't like subtlety. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't think this was trying to be something like, I don't know, Garden State, or, mm. you know what I mean, Suffragette, or something <laughs> like that. You know, this was, uh, yeah, this was just awesome, so... Yeah, the one thing I will say, apart from a criticism of the um, the get the glasses holes. back too quickly, yeah. is that fucking soundtrack. Like boom, it, I thought, boom, 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 that one. Yeah, all throughout the film. All throughout the film. That's great. No, it was... go 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 to bed after this, and <laughs> that's you know it's going to rattle around your head forever. That and the tinnitus. Yeah. Now, the, but the thing is, is like I thought when when he was doing the intro and it was all like you know <laughs> dystopian and he was walking with his bag and I thought, oh, this is great. This is this really fits. But I don't like, I don't think my leg stopped tapping at any point in that film. It's just boom, yeah. boom, 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 do do. Yeah, it just but it kind of went on and it was just like <laughs> slight variations on a theme throughout. And then when you get something a bit tense, it'd have like a. Um, a military drum roll I did in there. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> well, you know, it did say that um, at the start, music by John Carpenter. Oh, was it? Was yes. it actually by him? <laughs> Fucking hell, that'll be why. The, um, yeah. I mean, I, I could have written that, and I can't play a single instrument, sing, dance, anything music, not me. I have mm. as much rhythm as, I don't know, something that's non-rhythmic. Okay. I can't even come up with a coherent paradigm there, but there we go. The thing with that is, I think, I mean, it's probably about the similar kind of time to Twin Peaks. And Twin Peaks had that kind of theme going through. You know the Twin Peaks music? Yes. So that going through, and it worked really well in Twin Peaks. I think John Carpenter probably thought, you know what, I'm going to be, I'm going to be David Lynch. I want to do this. Didn't work. That's good. I hate David Lynch. Pretentious <laughs> fuck. <laughs> and did on you, that bombshell. Did you, did you ever watch Lost Highway? <laughs> oh God. God, has that got any wrestlers in it? Because no. I would. It, it does. It does. I have, would love to shit on that film. It does have Patricia Arquette with black hair, though. Yeah. she looks awesome. It's also got Marilyn Manson in there. I mean, 
the thing that everyone says about Lost Highway is what a terrible film, what a great soundtrack, <laughs> what a terrible film. Yeah, yeah, I mean, perfect was. drug by Nine Inch Nails. Yeah, it's, it's a great just, song. It's yeah. great. I love the video of that. Yeah, yeah you know, I don't know. I just want to run, run round with a sword. That's, that's and my, uh, drink some absinthe. Yeah, yeah. And like any classic nineties goth. Yeah, <laughs> like. Yeah, just Trent running, Reznor being fat with a beard, running round, long hair, big sword, <laughs> leather jacket, li- living out those uh, Narnia fantasies. <laughs> yeah, don't have a bit of Turkish delight, you know. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. So yeah, they live, have that. Um, I think this will be the end of the When Wrestles That podcast. I don't know where we can go from here. Well, yeah. we've still we've still not done No Holds Bad. That's true, that's true. And then there's The Condemned 2. The, the oh. <laughs> We saw the trailer to that earlier, actually. Because um, before we went to the cinema, the, the film started at 11 at night. That's ridiculous. Yeah, it's fine. We, you're just getting old, John. Colin, my bedtime's usually about 10 o'clock now. You know what I mean? So, um... Well, even, even before I lost my job, I was still going to bed at midnight <laughs> and on a, at 2 o'clock on a Friday night. And you're mm. just getting old. Yeah, well, um, yeah, Condemned 2, Lost in New York, looks awesome, so <laughs> we should watch that. Who's he going in, was it? Randall Orton. Randy Orton. It looked so bad. <laughs> it looks so bad that it looks good. Yeah, in fact, to be honest, that, that kind of, it reminded me a bit of The Running Man, that or, um, trailer. Surviving the Game, starring Ice-T and Rutger Hauer. Yeah, yeah, or um, Series 7, The Contenders, or The Hunger Games. Yeah, so any of those films, Battle Royale, Battle Royale with cheese, with cheese. And, I bet, in fact, that could guns. That would be a great tagline for the movie. Actually, <laughs> Battle Royale with cheese <laughs> and shit. Yeah, they did. I think they might have spoiled like the best bit of the movie actually in the trailer because it looked like <laughs> somebody where he gets out the dust. Yeah, he's like lying <laughs> on, in the soil and sits up. He's like looking for him. And he sits up and... Uh, Shoots him, yeah. probably. Awesome. Yeah, so I can't wait. Can't wait to watch Condemned 2 West in New York. We need to... Um, we've still got the chaperone sat in its cellophane up there. <laughs> I can see it from here, John. <laughs> when wrestlers act is alive and well. Yeah. No, I'm sure we've got stuff to watch. We've got at least another four, five episodes in us. Yeah. Well, we'll have to do that... Um, Episode of, of The Cleveland Show, starring Ric Flair. Oh, God, must we? Yeah. I'm sure I've probably watched it at some point. It's great. It's like, you know you know how um, you get Family Guy and there's jokes and stuff in it? Take out the jokes and then just add in Ric Flair and then take out the storylines and that's basically what you get. That sounds like every episode of Family Guy. Yeah, but... Worse. I feel like the only person in the world who doesn't like Family Guy. No, I don't. I don't like Family Guy. Family Guy for me is a classic one on the Bristol stool chart. Everything is forced. Did you ever see the South Park um, parody of Family Guy? <laughs> no, I'd like oh, to. It's fucking brilliant. It's basically they get um, what is it? They they break into the Family Guy um, producers thing. People who write the Family Guy. And it ends up that it's written, I think it's by dolphins or whales. <laughs> and what they do is they pick um, random balls <laughs> of, um, like, cultural references and put them together. And, like, so there's, like, word balls and cultural reference balls, and then that's how they make the jokes. So there's, like, <laughs> words like Mexican and Back to the Future, and then they just kind of pick them and put them together, and that's how they make it. I think that you might have to cut this bit off when you come to review because I'm, I'm scared and saying how much I hate Family Guy and going to alienate our listener. Yeah, yeah, it'll mm. be fine. Fair enough, be fine. So, um, yeah, I think I think The Rock appeared in an episode of Family Guy actually. Great. So, you so can we'll review we'll, that with someone else. We'll do that, Colin. Great. I'm gonna try and find stuff that I know that you hate to review. There's an episode of Dilbert with Stone Cold Steve, <laughs> Steve Austin. <laughs> You, you used to work in an office. You used to have a job. <laughs> I used to have a job. Oh, but we didn't mention, actually, this, going back to They Live, there's that great scene right at the start when he's in the job centre. And I signed on for the first time in several years the other day and 
Oh, God. I, I, I was ill at the time. And I could just feel myself getting more and more ill just by looking at the detritus in there. It's horrible. <laughs> it, being in there, you've got two people, those who don't want to work and those who never want to go in a job centre again. Yeah. And I, I just want to get a job so I never have to go in a job centre again. It's horrible. Yeah. I, I, oh, no, it's just a horrible place and... This might just be the middle class person coming out in me, but I need a job. I need one. <laughs> or maybe, you know that church near you? Maybe it's not really a church, Colin. Maybe it's a front for an underground resistance movement. Go in there. Go and have a dig around, see if you can find some sunglasses. What, St. Bart's? Yeah. Oh, it's a lovely old church. You should go see it. Yeah? Yeah. I, I, I think there's going to be some sunglasses hidden in there. Do you know what? Every time I go in the church now... I like visiting old churches and old buildings, and every time I go in a church now, I'm going to be looking for sunglasses. Well, I think we've learned our moral. I think we've learned our lesson. Going to church, look for sunglasses. Yeah. The end. It's two in the morning. Do you want to do the plugs? Uh, WWA nah. podcast at Twitter. Yeah, and Facebook and, and Facebook. Tumblr. Tumblr? Tumblr? No, probably. Tumblr. Um, what I will say as well is... Um, Thank you to Leeds International Film Festival for picking such a good film. Yeah. And um, if anyone listens to this who lives in Leeds, within the next week, go watch Big Trouble in Little China at Leeds Town Hall. It's a great building and it's just a brilliant film. It's better than they live. And support your local film festival. Yeah. Well, they might not live in Leeds. They might just make the trip up. But it's an an international film festival. That's true. That could be all of our listeners. Is that like HSBC being the international local bank, as they like to say? Yeah. Okay. But, yeah, all that. It was good. And go see Big Trouble in Little China. Just, if not, download it and watch it. It's a great <laughs> film. So I'm sure it's on the Netflix. Um, probably. So we'll, we'll chill. You and me, we'll chill out and watch some Netflix. Yeah. Okay. All right. See you later. Bye-bye. <laughs> I wonder how many people will get chill out and watch Netflix. <laughs> <laughs>